Welcome to another edition of the StayMarriedFlorida.com podcast series. Uh, today we are here with Lisa Lauer. She is a mental health uh, counselor in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And what we're going to be talking about today is affairs. Why do they happen and how to recover your relationship after them? Uh, thanks for coming on, Lisa. Oh, certainly. Thank you for having me, Chris. Um, so I guess a question a lot of people wonder about is why do affairs happen? Do they happen because people are unhappy in their relationships? Is it an issue of one partner just having a lack of self-control, or are sometimes both people to blame? Mm -hmm. Good question. A lot of people wonder that. And from my viewpoint, Chris, affairs do not occur in a vacuum. And by this I mean there are underlying issues, both individually and within the marriage itself, that can fuel the infidelity. And yes, the lack of control that you ask about could actually be indicative of an addiction. Other times, the cheating spouse, believe it or not, actually is happy in his or her relationship, but ends up, without even realizing it, replaying old emotional wounds that have never been addressed. The relationships that we've had determine how we do relationships. So, for instance, if we grew up witnessing a loveless marriage, experiencing abuse, or feeling emotionally unsafe in any way, these issues may be showing themselves in our marriage. And we all act in ways that are familiar to us and then unintentionally recreate patterns because that's what we know. So we may self-sabotage through an affair and avoid intimacy because growing up we learned that being close to others is a painful experience. And we can also look, Chris, at some of the reasons why people may be unhappy in their marriages. Many of these likely existed prior to the infidelity, and I'll go through a couple of those now. Perfect. For example, um, power struggles. Are your needs getting met in your marriage? If not, how are you willing to ask for what you want? you feel powerless in your marriage, affairs can then come in and serve as an unhealthy way in which to get back at one's spouse in an effort to be heard within this power struggle. This is a very sad example of what can happen, Chris, in the absence of an open, effective, mutually satisfying communication. Depression is another way in which people may be unhappy. And depression can be a barrier to truly connecting with others, including one's spouse. One symptom of depression is having feelings of low self-worth. So being wanted by someone else, philandering, is a way in which people can use affairs to self-medicate, validate their self-worth, and or fill emotional voids. Another way I want to talk about being unhappy in a marriage relates to expectations. And I call these the unwritten rules that can produce unhappiness. Sometimes people have unrealistically high expectations and they think their spouse should provide in all ways. Best friend, breadwinner, being a perfect parent, etc. But nobody's perfect. We all have yeah. individual strengths and limitations. And if you are looking to someone else to make you happy, it's very easy to get disappointed and then justify reasons for wandering outside of the marriage. 
practice cognitive behavior therapy, and CBT is very helpful in allowing us to examine our automatic beliefs, our shoulds, and our expectations to see if they are serving us well. Our thoughts determine our feelings and behaviors. Got you there, and I want to ask you a question that a lot of people ask me in my divorce and family law practice. Uh, they come into my office. They've just been discovered having an affair with somebody else. It seems to be husbands more than wives, but it certainly goes both ways. And some of these people, um, they realize what they did is a mistake, and they really have no interest in getting a divorce or separating from their partner. And they ask me, Chris, what what should I do now? What do I do when I go home? And from your point of view, I'm sure dealing with this quite a bit in your practice, what, what do you think is the best way for the uh, person who had an affair to act if they want to try to save their marriage or their relationship after an affair is discovered? Mm-hmm. Well, Sometimes the cheating partner thinks that if they go home and admit to the affair and express regret, that's enough to move forward. But it's not like that for the person who's been cheated upon. And so once the person who has committed the infidelity does express regret and doesn't get the response that he or she wants, they then wonder, what else do I have to do? I keep saying I'm sorry. And that's what I see a lot in my practice. They don't know where to go from there. And recognizing that hurt and verbalizing remorse are necessary, but they're just the beginning. And I actually don't think that people realize that the affair was the mistake. I think what they truly become aware of, Chris, is that they tried to solve a problem in an unproductive way that has now created a bigger problem. Really? Yes. And we can't fast forward to repair and recovery until we also discover that original problem, which likely involves ineffective communication styles and or personal patterns that have stood in the way of resolving any issues within the relationship. So I think therapy is a beneficial process that helps people examine their thoughts, their feelings, behaviors, and then ways in which they can start to heal from the breach of trust produced by the infidelity. So I guess you would say probably initially the person needs to apologize, but then try to work um, with with the therapist and their, and their spouse? Yes. See, the apology is necessary. We need to express the regret and remorse. But the affair is a symptom of something else. So saying I'm sorry is not enough because we don't want to create, continue to recreate, I should say, these ineffective patterns that have existed. Saying sorry doesn't change our communication style. Saying sorry doesn't change our ineffective patterns. Saying sorry doesn't address if there's underlying depression or anxiety or issues of addiction. Gotcha. Now, from the other side of the coin, for the people out there who have discovered that their spouse or partner is having an affair or has had an affair, what what is the best way for 
them to handle the situation in terms of uh, confronting their spouse and, and dealing with the issue. Sometimes, you know, I see it a lot with my practice. The, uh, you know, the wife or the, the husband will figure out their spouse is having an affair. They come into me, they get the legal advice, but then they wonder what they should do if they want to try to save their marriage. Okay. So when we find out that our spouses have been having an affair, all sorts of emotions can start to flood in. Sometimes people are in shock. Sometimes they're angry. I'm sure you may see this in your practice where they show up and they're just really upset or confused or sad. And infidelity can be painful and toxic, but I also see it as an opportunity to open the door to a more fulfilling and satisfying marriage. Now, the person who was cheated on may actually be unsure if saving the relationship is something they even want. And the spouse who was cheated on needs to take care of and nurture himself or herself just as they would if they had been physically harmed, Chris. This is a time where they really need to do whatever it takes to take care of themselves because they're reeling from what has just happened. Their lives have seemingly imploded. So each spouse may benefit from individual therapy to explore their feelings and behaviors. And as far as confronting the cheater, a therapist, yes, can help the spouse who is cheated on find his or her voice and effectively verbalize their feelings in connection to this. However, I think it's a good idea to keep safety issues in mind because emotions are running high and any potential legal issues as well, such as leaving one's residence or children. And that's where attorneys like you come in handy as far as advising someone how to proceed with those issues as well. All right, and uh, I'd certainly appreciate that answer. I mean, people, I think, should know where they would stand legally depending on how they proceed, and it's, you know, you make good decisions with full information. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to get that information because there's a lot of myths out there on what what can happen. Um, now, I guess once some time has passed and an affair is out in the open, what types of things should people consider when evaluating how to rebuild their relationship. The aftermath of the infidelity can be an opportunity for growth. Figuring out what one wants in his or her relationship and what one is willing to do to bring about those necessary positive changes. It will take some work and some commitment and a therapist can facilitate this. Relationships need time and attention. And I always find it ironic, Chris, that we keep track of maintenance issues with changing the oil in our cars or the air conditioning filters in our homes, but we can take our relationships for granted. So I like to help my clients reflect on a couple of key points. Are you willing to devote the necessary time to safeguarding your marriage? How do you create joy in your marriage? Do you have shared interests? and engage in relationship-building activities. Interestingly, Chris, some people use infidelity as a way to end a marriage. They have one foot out the door, and these so-called affair exiters are just unable to effectively verbalize what they want, a divorce. So cheating actually serves a hidden agenda that speaks for them. 
if this is the case, then the spouses who were cheated on would benefit from individual counseling to offer support as this partner rebuilds his or her own life and addresses their feelings that may include anger, grief and loss, sorrow, etc. Understand. And one thing I wanted to ask you that I think a lot of people wonder about is is the recovery process just a one-way street? And, and what I mean by that is, is it just the cheater that needs to fix themselves uh, and get their act together, or, or really is there, there more going on? That's a great question. And a lot of times when hurt and anger and blame are in the way, people have trouble seeing that this is most likely a two-way street. And I have seen that there's great value in examining each partner's role in the marital problems that, again, most likely existed before the infidelity even occurred. And as we discussed, repairing the relationship involves more than just the cheater being sorry. It requires that commitment on the part of both partners to change the relationship for the better. And counseling assists couples in exploring all the things we've been discussing, as well as helping couples ask themselves some additional things. How am I present in my marriage? Many times I hear couples tell me, oh, we watch TV together. Well, that's not the same as connecting. Sitting on the couch for hours at a time isn't the same as offering support, building intimacy, or breathing vitality into a marriage through shared goals and activities. Another question I like to ask my couples to reflect on is how they are absent from their marriage. And often couples focus so much on their careers that they become those cliche ships passing in the night roommate kind of situation. Yeah. And so I want them to ask themselves, do I show up for my marriage with the same regularity with which I show up for work? Do I give the same or more attention to details and areas of concern? Or do I just take my marriage for granted, even if I don't mean to? And then there's parenting. Parenting is another way that we unintentionally drift away from our spouses, even if we don't mean to lose that bond. Child rearing is joyful and wonderful, but it can also be stressful and time-consuming. And in an effort to be the best parents we can be, it's easy to forget that children need to see and will feel more secure if their parents are true loving partners who value the marital relationship. So I encourage my couples to realize that it's important to set time aside to still be that couple by planning things like date nights instead of just existing as mom and dad. The other thing that's very beneficial to look at, Chris, is what isn't being talked about. The word conflict has a negative connotation, and I explain to people quite often that conflict is neither good nor bad. The way we address or avoid issues is where things can become problematic. So there's an old adage in therapy that what isn't talked about gets acted out. Communication is key. That that all makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I hope, hope some people are really taking to heart what, what you're saying there, especially that last part. I mean, if you're not communicating what's 
what's important, um, or really even interacting with your other spouse and you become that ship passing in the night a type of couple. Um, it's it, that, that at least seems to be what a lot of people tell me when they come into my office um, and want a divorce. Um, so I, I hope people were paying attention to what you just said there. If not, it's a good time to hit the rewind button and listen again. <laughs> um, you know, before we go, I mean, one thing I'm just curious about uh, from your perspective, and I'm sure a lot of other people want to hear, is how how likely is it for couples uh, to survive an affair? I mean, what are what are the odds, so to speak, is it worth the painful effort and you know what what types of uh, factors make repairing the relationship more likely after somebody's been unfaithful mm-hmm. well i'm glad you asked about repairing the relationship because as we've been talking about all along the affair is symptomatic of issues that are not being addressed within the relationship and or the individuals themselves So if couples are willing to address these underlying problems, their individual issues, relationship patterns, communication styles, then they are more likely to move in the direction of repairing their relationship. And then they will not only survive the affair, but they may be pleasantly surprised at the more satisfying version of their marriage they have in which they can now thrive. That that makes a lot of sense to me, and I mean, it's I always look at this stuff and, and kind of wonder. I mean, is does the affair cause the divorce, or are there problems in the marriage that um, you know cause the affair, which then cause the divorce? And I mean, it seems like really what you're saying is is it's it's the relationship, stupid. Um, focus on the relationship, and that's uh, where you're going to get the most uh, benefit. Yes. Um, now, I just really want to thank you for putting your, your time aside today to speak on an issue I, I know you know a lot about in a manner that I think will um, help a lot of people that are listening to this. Um, it, for the people that uh, hear this and are, are local to the, the Palm Beach County area, uh, how would they go about getting in touch with you if, if they wanted to consult with you or learn a little bit about more about your practice. Oh, well, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate the opportunity, and it's been a privilege for me to assist people in creating more fulfilling lives and relationships, and I've done so for 17 years. I am a Florida licensed mental health counselor, and I'm a nationally certified counselor. My main office is located in Palm Beach Gardens, but I also have satellite offices in West Palm Beach and Lake Worth. And I see people throughout the day, in the evenings, and sometimes on the weekends if that's what's needed to accommodate their schedules. And I believe that life transitions can be difficult, but they can also be an opportunity for greater happiness and healthier, more enjoyable relationships. And if somebody's interested in speaking with me, they can contact me by calling 561-967-2566. Well, perfect, and uh, thank you again for being on the program. I, I really appreciate it, and I think a lot of other people will as well. All right. Well, great. Thanks again, Chris. For more information about StayMarriedFlorida.com, uh, go right to the website, www.StayMarriedFlorida.com. To reach divorce and family law attorney Christopher Bruce, call 561 844 
1200 or email him at cbruce at nugentlawfirm.com.